Welcome to this series from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. I wanted to start off, this is, well, it does have something to do with my message, but uh, I just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit. Uh, Jeremiah, hey dude, I've seen you. How many of you guys in here play Pokemon Go? Yes! <laughs> all right, all right, not as many as I was expecting, so that's actually a good thing, because I'm about to... I'm about to lay it on thick to you guys. I went downtown the other day. I do a lot of photo walks downtown. I go around and just photograph. And I literally thought I was coming like, across like a zombie apocalypse. I, I, I mean, I, I walked up onto a scene of 80 people that were just like this. And they weren't moving. I don't know why they call it Pokemon Go. They're, they're legitimately just like this. And I'm walking up, and I've been gone for the last couple of weeks. Totally, like, I, I kind of missed the whole, like, launch of Pokemon Go. And, and, and it, like, I came back, and I had no idea what I was walking into. And I realized that they were playing Pokemon Go when, when a girl goes, There's a Jigglypuff over there! And then, like, ten of them go. I, I used to play Pokemon back on Game Boy, so I understand like the draw to it, but, but <laughs> that's just silly. <laughs> and I'm not giving you a hard time for playing Pokemon Go. If you want to play Pokemon Go, like, go for it. I, just, I, I, I do want to kind of bring up something that I think is kind of serious. <laughs> Nintendo is extremely smart. They're extremely smart. This is the game that people have been waiting for for a very long time. Right? It's fun. You get to bring the Pokemon reality into this world. And I guarantee you this isn't going to be the last one. They're talking about like Harry Potter and all these different ones that they might be bringing out for all that kind of stuff. Yeah, just nuts. But I, one thing that I, I don't know, I just feel impressed to, to bring up is these, these apps and these games and stuff like that are, are designed to suck you into a world that, that feels very much real but is not, and it brings a lot of anxiety with it. Hey, thanks for the numbers, man. I got a text right now. I shouldn't hold this in my hand. I'm going to start reading them. <laughs> Realize that I'm not going, oh, and I'm, I'm also not one of those. I, I've seen some videos of like guys on, on YouTube saying, like, Pokemon or the devil. They're little demon childs. You're going out there trying to catch these demons. <laughs> Y'all are going to hell because you're playing Pokemon. Amen? Turn or burn? No, I'm not. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Like, but I am saying like, the world gives us a lot of things to numb our reality. They give us a lot of things that we can get easily lost into. They also create a lot of anxiety. Uh, I've I, I seen a parody video, but the funny thing about parodies or the not so funny thing about parodies is there's often, often a lot of times truth in the parodies that make them parodies. And it was of this guy that came home at four o'clock in the morning. His wife's like, have you guys seen this one? His wife's like confronting him. She's like, you reek of lures. Have you been out there playing Pokemon? He's like, yeah, I was. And uh, he talks about how he'd go, and he was just planning on going to the one lure to catch some Pokemon. And then a bunch of other people went to another one. And But there's actually a lot of reality to this, to where it... I mean, I, I've already talked about it in the past to where we get so caught up into our phones 
that they actually show that if you, if you plug your phone in next to your bed at night, you will actually sleep worse just being the fact that you know it's next to there because our, our bodies are conditioned to constantly be checking for updates. It's just, we've been conditioned of, oh, I got a text. Oh, who's on Facebook? Oh, who's on Instagram? Oh, Snapchat, this, that, this, that. And we can't actually focus on something because we're constantly being drawn away into this false reality. Does that make sense? Yeah. This, this, I'm going to relate it to what I'm talking about because tonight I, I want to talk to you guys about just dreams and desires. And I, I just, again, I'm not saying don't play these things or anything like that, but I, I think it, it seriously needs to be addressed that if you allow these things to consume your life, I know some people that for the last 15 years have spent thousands and thousands and thousands of hours in World of Warcraft or something like that. And I'm not against video games, but I am against video games if they consume your life. If you've gotten caught up into a false reality and, and I think they've really deadened us to the idea of having our own dreams and desires that we could chase after. We see achievements in these games and we go, yes, I hit level 57 or, or whatever it might be. When in reality, we're, we're putting our dreams and desires off to the side because we're so consumed by something that's kind of immediately gratifying. Is this making sense? You guys tracking with me? Anybody in here offended because I'm, I'm talking about Pokemon Go? Okay, cool. That's all right. So notice it's all the religious people, Jake. Just kidding. You're not. I'm kidding. I could call him out like that because he's a pastor. Um, Reverend? This is my official title, by the way. It's Reverend Bishop Pastor Nick Mayo. That's, that's a quality. I was given that title by myself today when I was creating the title slide. Hey, if you create your own title slide, you can name yourself whatever you wanted. I was also going to like put Pope Candidate up there or something. I don't know, like something crazy. All right. I am getting way off track now. I just want just to pray into the service. Bless you, bless you. One more time. I got one more. All right. Fine, you don't get that blessing. <laughs> okay, wow. Heavenly Father God. God, I just pray that this, uh, this coffee doesn't make me too crazy tonight. God, that these be your words speaking, not the coffee's words. But no, Father, we just... God, we're just excited to be here in your presence. Have your way. God, I just pray that tonight, whether it be through the, the words that you share through me or, or through just encounters afterwards, but that people just be released into their destiny. People be released into their identity. And I just pray that that gasoline just be thrown on the, the burning hearts that are in here, God, that they can just get even more consumed by you. That their dreams and desires would just become reality in their life as they passionately pursue after you and your kingdom, God. So let my words that I share not be mine, but of you. God, we just love you. We praise you. It's our joy to be here. Have your way. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome here. You are so welcome. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. So, 
I, uh, here, you guys can look at this. Do you see all the arrows and stuff? Like, <laughs> I don't quite have like a, <laughs> I kind of got like, oh, you might want to go this way or this way or this way. So just bear with me. This could be a fun ride. But uh, as I was praying earlier this week about what I was going to speak on, uh, I was actually walking into the access office and Tiffany, you guys know Tiffany up here? Awesome worship leader. Yes. Um, it used to be our, our access office just kind of got rearranged a little bit. And it used to be right outside my door was her desk. And it was awesome because I could just leave my door open and there was worship music coming in, worship music coming in all the time. But now she's moved into her own office. So if I want to hear worship music, I either have to turn it on my computer and actually do work or put my head up against the, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> got like a little cup in there. No, but I was, it's been a while since I've, I've, just been able to walk into the office and hear her sing, which she has a, a, an amazing talent. And her door was open, and I forget what song she was singing, but I, I heard it, and I just thought, thank God, I wish I could sing like that. Because I can't, trust me. It's good that they had the microphone off before service because you guys would have ran for the hills. But like God immediately stopped me in this, man, I wish I, I, wish I could sing like that. And all of a sudden I hear, I've given you a song, that's her song. And he wasn't talking about music. It was just a song. My life is a song. Our lives are a song. That's what I want to talk about tonight. What's your song? Because it's easy to look at someone operating in the gifts and talents that they were given and go, yeah, I want that. Because you recognize something on them. You recognize Christ on them. You recognize gifting on them. And oftentimes we could get caught up in that gifting and go, yeah, I want that. When really what we want is to know who. <laughs> That's the anointing, don't worry. This is the Holy Spirit. Instead of looking at them going, I want that, what it's actually meaning on your heart is, I want to be operating in my talents like that. Does that make sense? It's easy for us to look at someone else's song, their life, and kind of idolize it and go, you know, they're, they're really successful in that. That's what I want for my life. And then you start kind of chasing after that. Years ago, I, I, I used to be a really, really big car guy. I thought I was going to go into automotive. Uh, I was going to specialty school for automotive. I loved building race cars. And I, I specifically liked old school Japanese, like just sports cars, right? And I loved RX-7s. Does anyone in here know what an RX-7 is? They got a special, yeah, it's a Mazda. It's amazing. They don't use pistons in their, their engine. It's kind of cool. They got like a little triangular disc that just spins around in there. Rotors, that's right. Okay, John, I see you. This is my song though, okay? <laughs> Just kidding. Have mint. <laughs> you like that? Okay. So, so I, I, I loved collecting RX-7s that were the same year as I was. 1987. It was a good year. America was a better place because of 1987, specifically because of August 20th. That's my birthday. Um, but I, I had these Mazda RX-7s, and I had one in particular that was... It was pretty good, you know? I, I did some work to it, and it was pretty fast. 
And I had a buddy that was in my specialty school with me that had a Honda Civic. Yeah. Ooh. You know, he was trying to be like Fast and the Furious with the black Honda Civic and everything. He thought he had something good. And then one day I gave him a ride in my RX-7. And he was like holding on to the, the edge because his, his Civic wasn't that fast. I'm just telling the truth, right? <laughs> just saying, mine, mine was pretty good. And I loved my RX-7 because it was nice and gold, very difficult to come by in that year, had nice rims, had a back spoiler, had a front like Valance, looked kind of like out of Fast and the Furious. This is back when that stuff was cool. So I give my buddy a ride who has a Honda Civic, and all of a sudden, two days later, I get a call from him. He's like, bro, guess what? I was like, what? I sold my Honda. I was like, oh, finally. <laughs> Good for you. I was like, he's like, guess what I bought? What, what'd you buy? Bought an RX-7. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you don't say. He goes, guess what else? What else? It's gold. You son of... No, okay. That was, see, that was back before Christ. <laughs> yeah, BC days. But the thing was, he got this RX-7, <laughs> and, and he had no idea what he was doing with it. Didn't know how to work on a rotary engine at all. He was just clueless. And he wasn't trying to take the time to learn. He just wanted to be like me, of course, right? Just kidding. I'm, I'm actually kind of humble. Don't, don't take all these jokes as, as real. But anyways, so here's my buddy who just sold his car to buy a car that looks identical to mine, except for the rims, except for the spoiler, except for the front balance. Well, then all of a sudden, three weeks later, calls me up and he goes, bro, guess what? What? I got some new rims. You don't say. What do they look like? Well, they're like five spoke, but they got the dual spokes. Oh, you mean, you mean like mine? It's like, what is going on? But he had no idea what he was doing with it. Long story short, he sold the car because he had no idea what he was doing with it. And he bought a Mustang later on and rocked it out in the Mustang. His Mustang was pretty awesome. But the key is he eventually found his car voice. No, this is kind of a stretch. Just follow me. He found his car voice and his Mustang my Mazda was still faster, but I had my voice in the Mazda. You know, I, I, think, I think it's just a, a good representation of, of oftentimes what we could do in life. Is all of a sudden we look at someone who has a good thing going. You know, we look up here and we see amazing, talented singers. And we go, yeah, yeah, I need voice lessons because I, I, I want to operate in that. Or like for me, I absolutely love, love, love blues guitar, right? B.B. King kills it. I know, secular music. It's all right. B.B. King is like that guy when he was alive, God rest his soul, just like rocked out on blues guitar. It was like no other. Legitimately, he was the king of blues guitar. When you listen to him, you just see someone operating in their element, someone operating in how God designed them to be. No one else can play guitar like B.B. King there's plenty of people that try. There's plenty, plenty of people that look at him and go, yeah, yeah, and actually start trying to play his songs and start trying to do all these things, but they're only an imitation of who he is versus being themselves. 
I know that I'm never gonna sit down and play blues guitar. I've come to that realization. But I love listening to it and it inspires me because I see something in him that I wanna see in myself. Flourishing in the giftings and talents that God has given me. Does this make sense? And as I was meditating on this, I, I, Monday night, so I got that word about, you have your own song, I gave you your own song. I got that word Monday during the day and then that night I was trying to go to bed. It was 1.30 in the morning and a lot of the times God just gives me, like, you need to write this down. So I wrote this down and, that, and this is everything of what this message is kind of came out of this. It says, we have stepped into the greatest symphony ever composed. When stripped down to the individual instruments, it may sound as if each person is playing a different song, but it's each unique sound that builds up to the triumph of the resounding crescendo. Just as each instrument plays its own tune, the violin does not find its tune based off of the percussion or other stringed in for instruments or vice versa. Instead, each instrument submits to the single tune of a tuning fork. Much in the same way, each believer is destined to lead a life of a certain song. Different dreams and focuses not tuned off of each other, but instead tuned off of one tuning fork, the Holy Spirit. It is then and only then that we step into the proper song of our life to play our part in what is the greatest symphony ever composed. What is your song? And it just, it rocked me. I, I couldn't fall asleep for another hour because I was just thinking about this thing. And then God led me to Romans chapter 12, verse one. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is the Holy Spirit, or which is your spirit service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And I just love that. What it's saying is, is we're living a life of worship. We're living a life of a song. We have a song to offer to God. It says it's his will that we would offer this song to him. But only I can offer him my song. Only you can offer him your song. You guys tracking? Awesome. So it continues on. Romans 12, I'm going to jump to 4 through 8. For just as we have many, many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the portion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. I just love that. I love when God gives like a download and all of a sudden you go to scripture and you see almost word for word, like, I mean, you see where the, the translation is? Many instruments, many players in one orchestra, many members to one body. We were never called to look at each other and go, man, that's what I need to be doing because they're doing really good at it. 
we're always called to play our own part. But the idea is, like, the truth is, dreams and desires could be extremely contagious. Extremely contagious. We look at someone else's life, and we've talked about it before from stage, especially on, like, on Facebook. And again, I'm not trying to, like, bash social media. Uh, but Facebook, a, a lot of the times, you're seeing people's highlight reels. You're seeing all the, the highlights and the accomplishments that they've had, and you didn't see all the, the failures or the, the 50,000 steps that took to that place. So all of a sudden, you look and you go, man, that's what it looks like to succeed. You try and step into that. You try and, you know, just harness some of that. I just... I'll just share uh, a piece from my own life and just be kind of vulnerable with you guys and just, because I've, I've failed and I've missed the mark a lot on what it looks like to be me, what it looks like to operate out of my identity, what it looks like to strive after something that God never told me to strive after. And uh, back when I was an intern, some of you guys may have been here, we had a uh, prophetic presbytery and a guy by the name of Alan Smith who is just phenomenal, phenomenal man of God, somebody that I looked up to, called me out during it, pointed me out and said, Nick, you are a pastor. You're not only a pastor, but you're a revivalist. And, and he just started laying these things out on me, which is awesome. And I received it, and I, it was confirming to a bunch of other words that I heard and, and stuff like that. And, but for about a year to maybe a year and a half after that, I took that, which was very much, I, I still strongly feel like that was a word from God. And I took that and I started like adding my own to it. You know what I mean? And I started looking at, okay, well, what does it look like to be a pastor? And, you know, Pastor Kurt was leading access at that time. And I was like, yeah, Kurt and Pastor Tom Smith and Alan Smith and Bob Hamp and, and Bill Johnson. The, 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 that's what it looks like to be a pastor. And I started like chasing after that. Not like overtly, I wasn't chasing after a title or anything. Like I really, it, titles mean nothing to me. But, yeah. <laughs> is that funny? <laughs> oh yeah. <'Cause, laughs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my Reverend Bishop Pastor. <laughs> means nothing to me, you know, it's just a title. <laughs> but, but at the same time, like I'd, I'd kind of pinpointed and I added my own self to it. And I started chasing after it. And I started going, yeah, yeah, it's going to look like, you know, speaking from stage, which I, I do feel like that's part of it, you know. God's given me the, the ability to, you know, and just the grace to be up here and share with you guys. But it, I got to a certain point to where I was just stressed about it. I was so stressed about it. I was trying to work my way into this place that God called me to. And, and really, he was already calling into me and he was already speaking into me. And he, he didn't say, you're going to be a pastor. He said, you are a pastor. And, and I, I interpreted that and started running, yeah, wrong direction. And I got to this place to where I ended up in the hospital. Or no, 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 sorry. I, I always say this and Emily always corrects me. It wasn't the hospital, it was the urgent care. To me, they're the same thing. I, I, yeah. And 
they did a stress test and they did an anxiety test and they did all these tests on me and they said, man, your stress levels and your depression levels are just through the roof. I think I may have shared part of this. It's rubbing against my beard. I think I may have shared part of this before, but I was just, I hit this point to where I was just crushed. I was just exhausted. I was trying to play out a song that wasn't my song. Even though they looked similar, even though they sounded similar, I heard pastor and I started identifying what does that look like versus taking it to the Lord and going, what does that look like? And it was probably about a, a year and a half, maybe two years ago, that I got to this place and I just sat down and I brought it to God and I said, it was, well, it was right after the, the whole anxiety and the, the depression and all that, because uh, here I was working in church operating in a role because I, I had just recently spoken. I had just recently gotten to do the things that I thought I was supposed to be doing. And yet I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't, I wasn't happy. I wasn't excited about what I was doing. It just didn't feel right. So I took it to the Lord and I said, God, did I hear wrong? Did, did Alan Smith hear wrong? Am I not supposed to be a pastor? He goes, no, you're definitely a pastor but it's going to look different than what you expected. He goes, I want you to pastor with creatives. People who are looking to create and glorify my name, I want you to shepherd them. I want you to pastor with young married couples. I want you to pastor one-on-one -on -one with people over coffee. Which was crazy because all of these things were dreams and desires that I had on my heart. See, I think... There's been, a, there's been a lie that's gone on in the church. Realize I'm saying the church as a whole, not res, but the church. That dreams and desires have to die when you come to follow Christ. Amen. That whole, not my will, but your will be done. We, we translate that as, well, you need to just die to yourself. Which, yes, Bible tells us to die to ourselves, but it doesn't say to die to our dreams and desires. Ourself, it means our old sinful nature. We're dying to that and we're picking up who he says we are. Yeah. And with that comes dreams and desires. But we as, as Christians for a long time have gone, now brother, now sister, that, that's just, it's just not biblical. Not your will, but his will be done. Don't ask me why Christians sound like that. That's just not true. That's not biblical. Sure, you could twist and, and, and make a lot of scripture sound like that of, yeah, no, 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 no. You need to die to that and you need to just go after what he looks like. And then we start, we start thinking that our life has to look like a big car with like a big Jesus bumper sticker on the back. But the world doesn't need a big car with a big Jesus bumper sticker. It needs people that are alive. It needs people that are passionately pursuing dreams and desires that God's breathing on. Jake brought it up a couple weeks ago of, I mean, we, I can't tell you, I probably get this once a month at least of somebody sitting down with me and going, you know, I, I, you know since coming to Christ, I really feel like I'm called to ministry. And, and do you guys have any openings at the church? Let me just lay this down right now. If you are in Christ, 
you are called to ministry. Everyone in here is called to ministry. But that doesn't necessarily look like working on a church staff. The world doesn't need more people on church staff. They need more Christians in the workplace being just the love of Christ. They need people that are passionate about numbers out there doing accounting and really helping organizations turn around and be born biblical with their finances. They need doctors out there not only just bringing the healing that they could bring, but also ushering in the healing that only God can bring. And that was an anointed word. I should have, I should have shaved before I came. John 15 7 through 8 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Last time I spoke, I actually parked in John 15. We talked about the vine and the branches and and I kind of covered a different aspect of this bearing much fruit. Kind of talked about it in a, in a, personal sense of like what's God trying to trim from your life you know what's he trying to bring up in your heart so that he could bring healing to it but I also want to kind of approach the scripture from a different place right now it says if you abide if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish that wish is oftentimes uh, translated desire and if you actually look at the root word of it Kurt Pastor Kurt talked about this a while back but that desire actually means of the Father. When you, when you abide in Christ and he abides in you, all of a sudden the desires that you have on your heart, the dreams that you have on your heart, are of the Father. They start to look different. It might look a lot of the same. Before I came to Christ and before I actually like understood that I was stepping into ministry with him, I was very passionate about photography. Very passionate about graphic design and, and, and just art in general. And it's not like God goes, man, none of that makes any difference now. No, he, he activates it and he goes, absolutely, you have that gift on your life. Now look what you could do to serve my kingdom. Now look what you could do. Like I said, he, he told me that I'm to pastor with young creatives. And that doesn't take a whole lot of work. I was trying to work my way into pastoring in the first place. But pastoring with creatives is just something that I do out of nature. I love sitting down with creatives. I love sitting down with young married couples. Like, I get excited. I love sitting down with you guys. And I get to sit down and just share a cup of coffee with someone and just hear what God's doing in their life and share what God's doing in my life. I can't get more excited about that. I do it on a weekly basis, not because I have to, not because it's my calling, but because I want to, because it's my calling. Does that make sense? The first that, that sounded right and looked right, and you know, I, I seen this song and I'd seen other people playing this song that I thought I was supposed to step into, it took a lot of striving and it took a lot of work. But when I, when I switched and I allowed God to speak into me and I was able to just operate out of identity, it doesn't take work. It's a joy. I get to wake up every day excited about what I get to do. What's your song? What gets you out of bed in the morning? They just like, man, I can't wait to do that. And like I said, we live in a culture that 
the world wants to stifle our song. The world wants to give you something to confuse your time with. That you feel like, man, I'm hitting this next level, I'm hitting this next level, I'm hitting this next level. And it, it, it doesn't just look like Pokemon Go. It doesn't just look like Facebook. It, do, it could look like Netflix. It could look like TV. It could look like whatever it might be. But the question is, are you letting things into your life that's stealing you from your song? I, I, realize when I say this, I, this, is not, this is not me like ringing my own bell or patting my own back. But I, I tend to do a lot. Like, I, I, I have a lot of different dreams and desires that God's laid on my heart. And, and I've been just so blessed this last year to be able to step into a lot of that. And oftentimes I'll be sitting down and talking with someone. And they'll ask me, hey man, what, what's going on in your life? And I'll be like, oh man, you know, like I got a t-shirt line that, yeah, this is my t-shirt. But I, got, I, I just launched my own apparel line this year. That's cool. I'm excited about that. I do, I do uh, wedding photography with my wife. I, I, I serve here. I sit down with coffee for, for coffee with people, not with coffee for people. <laughs> I guess either could work. But it, like, oftentimes I get this question like, man, how are you able to do all that? Simple. Emily and I watch very, very little TV. We have like one show on Netflix that we might watch a couple times throughout the week. But that's only on the down, down time. I just, what are you filling your time with? And this isn't like, I'm not trying to like rebuke you or like throw out like all these accusations. I'm just, I just want you to ask yourself that question. In the things that I'm filling my time with, stealing my song from me. Do I even know what my song is? I remember playing, I'm not going to say playing video games just because I've beat that to death. And I don't really, I'm not trying to. But I remember, like, I used to be big into v movies. I had a huge movie collection. What? What? It's the same? Well, I was almost saying videos. Now, yeah, okay. Thanks for, like, ruining my groove. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I used to be huge into movies. Like, I would just pick an actor or an actress, and I'd be like, I'm just going to I'm gonna buy all their movies, and I'm just going to watch through them all. Like Jackie Chan. I love watching through Jackie. I know, right? Jet Li. It was mostly kung fu movies. I'm just going to be honest. Jack Black. <laughs> or Jack Black. Jackie Chan, Jack Black. I, I see what you did there. Um, but I just, I, I just remember getting to a point to where I was like, man, what am I doing with my time? I literally was getting nothing done because I was watching movies all the time. I mean, I, all of my downtime, I would fill with movies. And I got to a point to where I, and I'm, please realize what I'm saying. I'm not saying movies are bad. I'm not saying video games are bad. I'm not saying you need to get rid of all that stuff in your life. Just saying, what's your song? I just want to keep coming back to that. What's the dreams and desires that God's laying on your heart? If you could put John 15 back up. It's that desire that of the Father, 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. When's the last time you've just parked on your, your dream and desire and just said, God, what do you want to do with this? What's the next step that you want me to take on this? When's the last time you asked him about that? Because it says he's going to do it for you. He also says, my father is glorified by this. What is by this? That you would bear much fruit. What is the fruit? Answered prayers. We glorify God when we actually pursue him with prayers, dreams, and desires. And he's glorified when he's able to bless those. When he's able to just breathe on your dreams and desires and bring things to fruition. Can I just share some testimonies with you guys? I, the things that God's laid on Emily in my heart, you know, I, I told you, I got to that point where I was chasing after this one thing, and then God goes, no, this is what it actually looks like. Well, the cool thing is when I, when I got to press into that and got to ask him about that, he just started showing up. Things just started happening. He started blessing it. If I could just share a couple testimonies, like we, there's, we still have dreams that we're chasing after. We still, I have a dream of a coffee shop. I love, 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 obviously I talk about coffee quite a bit, but I love just sitting down with people over coffee and I just think that there's such ministry there. And what I picture this coffee shop to be is just a, a hub for people. I think it's gonna be called the dwelling place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> feels good, doesn't it? The dwelling place. But it's not just a coffee shop. God showed me a picture that in the back of the coffee shop was going to be a creative arts equipping center, a center for worship, to where artists could come together and learn and seek and pursue what it looks like to glorify God through their art. And guess what? I, I I don't think it's going to look like painting crosses. I think it's going to look like God activating what they want to create and breathing on it. And then in the coffee shop is just a collection of art. You call it prophetic art because I truly believe that, that when people activate the dreams and desires that God puts on their heart, God is fully present in that. And if it's a painting... God is fully present in that painting. I truly believe that someone would come up against art that was created by a Christian artist that might not look like Christian art and fully experience the presence of God on it. Because God breathed on it. You have to realize, like, this is kind of a tangent, but all these Christian symbols that we constantly look at as you know, Christian art, this is a complete tangent. There were only Christian symbols after Christ breathed on it. The cross held no significance until Jesus died on it. The fish held no significance until Jesus multiplied. And they, you know, we, I only share that to say oftentimes we look at our dreams and desires and we try and pack them into this religious idea. It has to look like this, otherwise it can't be Christian. No, that's not true. It has to look like whatever God's activating on your heart. Because anytime you try and squeeze it into something else, I just don't know that he's going to be present on it. 
it looks like us going to him and going, what do you want to create through me? And maybe it's not art. Maybe it's, like I said, maybe it's just activating with him of what do you want to do with me in my workplace today? What dreams and desires? Any entrepreneurs in here? Man, God so loves to partner with entrepreneurs. Any weightlifters in here? John's like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> God so loves to partner with that. I just want to continue asking you guys, what's your song? And guess what? Your song, if you're sitting there and you're just going, you know, I really don't know what my song looks like, you know? How do I find out? And this is another way of saying, what's God's will for your life? I don't know what, how to find out what God's will for my life is. Well, guess what? If you spend time in his presence, our purpose and our passions always come from identity. That's why people that aren't of the Lord don't have godly purpose and passion. They're speaking from the identity, their false identity. They haven't quite gotten spoken into by Christ yet. But when you take that time and you just get face to face with God, and trust me, he wants to meet you there. And you just say, God, who are you and who am I? I guarantee you purpose, desires, passion, and just a life of abundance and worship will come out of that. I guarantee you. I watch it happen over and over and over again. Does this feel good? You guys? Yeah. Proverbs twelve thirteen says, Hope deferred makes the heart sweet sick. Sweet. <laughs> Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Desire fulfilled. Another way of saying that is, but dreams fulfilled is a tree of life. God's, I, I've, I've been here. I've been to this place where I just constantly say, you know, not my will, your will be done, God. Not my will, your will be done, God. Not my will, your will be done, God. But when we've entered into the relationship, John 15 was telling us that when we're in a relationship with Christ, he gives us his desire. So it gets to be a time to where you never move away from God, your will be done. But when we are in his presence and when his word is abiding in us, we're in his will. So at that point, he wants to co-labor with us. And we're sitting here, not my will, your will be done. And he's looking at us going, well, what do you want to do about that? What do you want to do with that? What, is, what are your dreams and desires and how can I partner with you? It's a foreign concept to some people is God wants to partner with you. That was our original purpose. You look back in Adam and Eve and God gave Adam the, the command to go forth, be fruitful and multiply. Take dominion over the earth and he's going, I want to co-labor with you. Well, Jesus came to bring us back into that relationship. So what's your song? What does God want to co-labor with you on?
time. Okay. I'm going to start to wrap this thing up, but I feel like there's just another lie that I want to want to address that I actually believe for a long time and you guys might be able to relate. There's this like Christian saying and and it, not necessarily a Christian saying, but it's kind of oftentimes that I'll hear like, well, God supplies for your needs, but he's not always going to supply for your wants. God's, God's more, he's more aware of your needs. He's more concerned about your needs, but your wants are a completely different thing. I understand that, and there's a point in your life to where your wants might not be of his desire, but there's a point to where God absolutely loves to know what your wants are. He wants to know what's on your heart. I remember I had a, uh, another prophetic word spoken over me at one point, and, and part of the prophetic word had to do with a um, fountain pen. You guys know what those are? Kind of look like calligraphy pens. And I just remember... In this prophetic word that was given to me, uh, a pastor that I absolutely love gave me this word and he said it had like multiple different points. And it had to do with a, a executive desk and a wingback chair and uh, a suit jacket and a pipe, which I don't know, and a fountain pen. And I was going to be writing the way he, he called it was spiritual classics, which is just awesome. And I definitely received that word. So over a period of time, all of a sudden these, these parts of this prophetic word started coming true. All of a sudden I realized that the desk that I had chosen without even realizing for my office was a large wooden executive desk, just like the one he described in the vision. The chair that I was using at the time, just because it was the only place that I could fit it in my office and I really wanted it to be in my office, was a wingback chair, just like he had said. And I didn't even realize this. It was like one day I was like, Wait a second, this desk, this chair. So Emily comes in. This is back when we were doing um, Sunday nights. We, we had all access. And uh, I can't remember if I shared this story before, but I'm going to continue sharing it. And uh, Emily comes in. She sits in my, in my office. And I go, baby, you know what I really want? I hadn't talked to anybody about this, like, at all. I go, baby, I really want, a, like, a fountain pen. She's like... Oh, like, like this? And I was like, no, that's a ballpoint pen. And I, I pulled up and we're looking at fountain pens. And we're just kind of like looking at the prices and the, the ones that I really wanted were nice and expensive. And, I, you know, so I was like, I just, I, I just really want a fountain pen. So all of a sudden, about two hours later, uh, I'm getting ready to go into all access. And a buddy of mine comes in. He like beelines it for me. And I see him, and I was like, hey, man, I, I, I got to use the restroom real quick. And I go in, and I come out, and he's waiting for me. And he has a box. And he goes, hey, man, I, I just feel like God told me to give this to you. I don't know if you could use it. And he hands it to me, and I look down, and the box says, Pilot. And I open it up, and there's a leather box on the inside. And you open it up, and there's nice, just like, silk on the inside, lining it. And there's a gold, not like actual gold, but a gold-colored fountain pen. Just two hours later, after I was expressing my heart to my wife of, I would really love a fountain pen. I said, God just wanted me to give this to you. That was a want. 
I did not need a fountain pen. I have plenty of big pens that would just work just fine. I do still have the fountain pen and I write all of my like very important letters. So all of our volunteers in here, if you ever get a thank you letter from me, it's written in the fountain pen because it's anointed. I, I just share that to say like that was a silly want. I just wanted it. And God came through. He's very passionate about your wants. He's very passionate about your desires. He wants to co-labor with you. He looks at your dreams and desires and said, yes, yes. There's a quote by a saint, and I'm not going to even try and pronounce their name. Uh, but it says, the it's the glory of God, man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. Yeah, I said it wrong. When I first read that, I, I thought, no, 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 that can't be right. The glory of God is man fully alive. But it's true. The world is hungry to see Christians that are on fire. What the world does not need is more Christians that are sitting in their seats at, in the pews and just kind of checking it off for their, their list of, of Christian duties for the week. We, we think that Christianity looks like one thing and, and really God goes, man, there's, there's so much Christianity of just being out in the world and just not being of the world, but being in the world and impacting it and loving on it and, and just being Christ to the world. Emily and I just got back, you know, speaking of, of just being able to engage with other artists, you know, and part of that is other artists that might not be Christians yet. We just got back from a, a two-week um, artist residency out in Maine, which is actually funny because that was last week we got back, and the last time that I spoke was the night that I found out that I was accepted to the, the residency, so it's just kind of funny. But we go out there, and the people that put on the residency, there's a husband and wife. They live here in Michigan, but they, they have the residency out in Maine, it's just a property out there. And they, they completely built this property to help artists flourish. I mean, everything about the property was thought out. There were sculptures all over the place. There's paintings all over the place, drawings all over the place. Just you name it, there was art all over the place. And it was just inspirational. Not only that, but we get out there, and we were out there for two weeks, and every single day, Shelly, who ran it, made us breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So that way we didn't have to worry about a thing. We could just focus on our art. And every single day, we could look out the window because the, the way that it was set up was the studios were in the basement of their home out there. And then we had, we had uh, like cabins over on the other side. But you, you'd look out the studio space, and here'd be the husband out there just busting his back. I mean, their, their, their landscaping was just phenomenal. I mean, they had three tiers of like, there's rocks lining it and different plants and, and just, I mean, it, it was inspirational in and of itself. And here he is, he's lifting up boulders and he's bringing them over and he, he's planting this and he's planting that and he'd just be drenched in sweat. And then all of a sudden you'd look out just after she got done making us an amazing like gourmet lunch. Here she is, you know, pruning all of her 
her, her garden flowers or tending to her garden out front that had all of her herbs and spices. And, and yet at the same time, at the end of the day, they would still serve us with the biggest smile on their face. They wouldn't let us get up to get any food. They're like, no, 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 no. We're here to serve you. They just got done with a full, full day. I mean, they're up. She had to have been up at like six o'clock in the morning. And here we are having uh, dinner at 6.30 at night. She just put in 12 full hours of cooking for us and, and making sure that the property looked amazing for us and all these different things. And they would still serve us with a smile on their face. And I started to go, man, they're, I, we didn't know if there were Christians going out there. But I was like, they definitely feel like Christians. This is what the love of Christ feels like. So we ended up uh, getting to do a, a portrait session with the two of them. We just wanted to serve them with our talents, you know. And we're walking around the property and just kind of, you know, getting to know them. We'd, we'd had a lot of conversations because every single night we'd sit down and just have dinner together, which, you know, feels a lot like Jesus and disciples, just loving on them. And we get to sit down and we got to know them that way. But now this is a one-on-one -on -one conversation and we hadn't really had any of the, the conversations of, you know, their beliefs or anything like that. And we get to the certain point and just, you know, the conversation led to where uh, they asked a question and it brought me to sharing part of my testimony and I wasn't going to hold back. I was just like, you know, this is what God was doing in my life at this time. And I heard his voice and, and I said, I, I don't necessarily know how to explain it. I think it was uh, an audible voice, but uh, I, I just can't explain. And they just had this huge smile on their face and they're just nodding. And then I was like, these guys, they know they know. And all of a sudden we had like probably an hour long conversation after that of just them telling us their experiences with Christ. They're definitely believers. They've entered into a relationship with Christ. And that's their ministry. Their ministry is they get to bring students in and artists in three times a year for two weeks at a time. And they get to serve them. They get to, to just lay down their lives to make sure that their art is flourishing. And you might look at it and go, okay, well, we weren't having conversations of Christ every night over dinner. But at the same time, they're sharing love, the love of Christ with people. They had a dream and desire that God was definitely breathing on. Because, I mean, they were just cut from a completely different cloth. You, you just felt the love that was exuding from them as you sat down at the table with them. Seriously, wouldn't let us get up and get water. Hey, I'll, I'll get a water. No, 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 no. We're here to serve. That's incredible. That's so good. Can I, just, can I share one more dream and passion that's on my heart? Is that Okay. So, you know, I, I do a lot of photography and I have a book project that I honestly think could be a project that I work on for the rest of my life. And it's called the, it's just, I, I think it's going to be Hope of Glory, volume one, volume two, volume 73, whatever it might be. <laughs> it's all based around the idea of Christ in you is the hope of glory. And I just want to, I want to travel across the nation, across the world 
and just meet with individuals who didn't romanticize the idea of ministry as the church, but who stepped into the idea of church as reality. I am the church. I'm out there serving people. And I just want to find people who have activated their dreams and desires with God and celebrate them and share their testimonies and just capture you know, their portraits and go, man, look what God is doing in these people's lives. I just think the more that we celebrate Christian dreams, the more that we celebrate people just being on fire in the world, singing their song to God, living a life of worship, the more we celebrate that, the more it's gonna set other people on fire in a way of actually causing them to look in and go, God, what's my song? Versus trying to grab the fruit of other people's song. Does that make sense? Thought I'd share that. I'm excited about that. What's your song? I just wanna just wanna close out with just some some silent time, some papa time. Uh, I, there's there's probably a couple different places that you might be if you're in the audience right now. There might be a place where, one, you know what your dream and desire is. Maybe you've already started stepping into it. Maybe God's already been breathing on that. I just want you to take time and just look to God and go, thank you. Thank you for co-laboring with me. Thank you for allowing me to co-labor with you. What's the next step? Or two, there's, there's the person that, that knows the dreams and desires, but you're just crippled by fear. I just want you to take time and go to God and go, what do you want to say to that? Because God wants to lift the fear, man. I really feel like God just wants to open up the floodgates of dreams and passion into you guys right now, into me right now, into all of us. It's his heart. And then there might be the person that says, you know, I, I don't know what my song is. And maybe you, maybe you realize that you were chasing after someone else's song like I was for a while. And again, the best thing that you could do is just turn to Christ and go, man, what, who do you say I am? And who are you? And from that place, just watch dreams and desires just flourish and swell up inside of you. But wherever you're at, and actually I should add a fourth one. Maybe you're sitting in here and this is the first time you've ever been to church. This is the first time you've ever heard that you could have a relationship with Christ. I just want to encourage you. He wants to meet you here. My, man, my heart is that no one would leave here tonight without knowing the person of Jesus Christ without coming into an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. He is a person. He wants to meet you where you're at. He wants to show you his love, his embrace, his heart. And it takes nothing more than just being available, saying, Jesus, I want to know you. Come into my life and just have your way. So let's just take a moment. 
Let's just sit in that silence. Just take whatever question it is that you have or the thank you and the gratitude and the praise, whatever it might be, just bring it to him right now. While we're in this place, I want you guys to keep your, your eyes closed and heads bowed. Um, I just want to just ask you guys, who in here, honestly, keep your eyes down. Who in here feels like you know your, your dream and desire that's on your heart, like you, you know what God's calling you to? Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you guys. Just say... Father God, I just thank you. I thank you for all these hands that are raised. I thank you for just the dreams and passions and desires that that you're bubbling up in these hearts, God. And I just pray fire, 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 more fire. God, that they could passionately pursue you, God. That they would lay down all distractions and just chase after your heart for their dreams and desires, God. Just thank you for allowing us to co-labor with you. Thank you that you're passionate about the passionate or the passion and desires that are on our hearts. So just more, God. More, more, more. You guys put your hands down. If you, uh, if you feel like you might know but you just aren't confident that it is. You might know what your dream and passion is. Throw your hand up. I want to pray for you. Everyone's eyes are closed and down. God, I just, just pray clarity. God, I just thank you. I just thank you for the purpose and identity that you're you're speaking into these individuals, God. Let's pray that they'd be able to, to hear your heart and hear your voice for their life, for their identity, for who they are in you, God. I feel like, I feel like you just want to speak to them right now. Just continue declaring their identity over them. Continue declaring just who they are. Just have your way, God. Have your way. Bring clarity to those dreams, those passions, those desires.
You guys can put your hands down. If you're still struggling to, to hear dreams and passions, if you're still struggling to hear identity, I just want to pray over you. You don't have to raise your hand. I just, just know that God wants to meet you here. He wants to speak your identity into you. He wants to, to show you who you are. So Father God, I just, I thank you that right now you're just doing a work in our hearts, God. Just pray a release over anyone in here just struggling to, to see who they are. God, that you would just speak boldly into their lives, God, that they would just be attuned to your voice. God, I pray that they have eyes to see and ears to hear just what you're saying and what you're doing in their life. Have your way, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your vulnerability. Thank you for... Thank you for just dreaming dreams. Thank you for activating with God. Thank you for, I mean, I, and I realize that a majority of what I'm speaking to and, and a majority of you guys, and I mean, this, this congregation is just so hungry to go out and show the world just passionate, on-fire Christians. I just thank you for that. I just want to close out and say, I guarantee you, if you show me somebody that knows their identity, that knows who they are, I'll show you someone that doesn't want to be anybody else. There's something that comes with God just showing you who you are, God speaking identity into you. Just ignites something in you. It's where all of a sudden, I don't want to be anybody else. I'm excited to live out God's purpose and destiny for my life. I just want that for you guys. If you're still at that place to where you're feeling like, uh, like you're, just, you're just uneasy about that, you don't know your identity, you don't know what else, we're gonna have a prayer team up here after service and I just encourage you to come up and just get prayer. Let these guys pray with you. Let these guys partner with you. And I just want to encourage you guys, find your song and then just go and live it out. Live a life of worship, a life of sacrifice. Cool? Thank you guys.